Welcome to the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest poultry nutrition research digested for you. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Carry. Proven on the farm, trusted on the plate. Carry is where technology is made. BASF provides sustainable, high-performing ingredients that enhance the quality and productivity of your poultry feed. Anatox. Partnering with the world's food producers to develop and deliver innovative programs to efficiently produce safer food. Cargill works with poultry producers to drive customer profitability by being a leader in applied nutrition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, where we talk to you about the latest in the poultry and nutrition research and industry trends in approximately 10 minutes. My name is Sam Rochel. I'm an associate professor of poultry nutrition here at Auburn University and uh, joined by uh, a longtime uh, friend and, and uh, collaborator, Dr. Phil Smith from Tyson Foods. Very excited to have you uh, on the show today, Phil. Thank you for, for joining us. Thanks, Sam. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. You bet. Well, hey, uh, before we get started on, on some of your day-to-day and the things that you're learning, can you give a little bit of your, uh, your career background and kind of what, what got you to your current uh, position there? You bet. Uh, I started with uh, out of uh, college. I worked on a bachelor's and master's at Arkansas. Finished in like the December, January of 80, 81. Started at Tasty Bird and then Tyson bought that company in like 84. So as a poultry nutritionist, I worked the whole time and still working with uh, Tyson and moved here in 87. And when I moved here, I had a chance to work on my PhD. I went back and I think in 89 and started working part-time and working full-time at Tyson, but part-time on my PhD under Dr. Talmadge Nielsen. Finished it in 95. And so I have my PhD from Arkansas. I have all three degrees from there and continued to work in research. Uh, I also worked to the swine, the pork group at, at Tyson. Uh, uh, so just all sorts of mainly broiler breeder pullets and Everything to do with feeding the chickens, of course, is my main focus. And uh, I just live right outside of Fayetteville and, uh, and really had a great career. Yeah, yeah. The 2023 Arkansas Nutrition Conference Technical Symposium is brought to you by Kerry. Proven on the farm, trusted on the plate. Let our technologies help make your production goals a reality. Learn from the experts how carbohydrates improve nutrient utilization. Gut health technologies differ by type. Innovative ways to feed and a novel technology that will light your performance on fire. See us August 29th in Little Rock. We try to give back for sure because they're a big part of the future and we need those people to be successful and we want them to be, you know, so if they can learn from us, you know, I like to do formulation training. You know, we did some of that, you know, in U of A and uh, just getting to know the students, you know, in the research. Uh, it, uh, we challenge them a lot, but it's great interaction. Yeah. If we can, It's hard That's to right. get to know those people because, you know, they're focused on doing their research and uh, classes and we're focused on trying to make Tyson money. So, uh, but if you can get an internship or get experience with other nutritionists, it's it's invaluable. I think uh, you'll. Uh, it just means a lot to get it in the industry yeah, and connect absolutely. to it. You know what I mean. And I want the faculty to be the same way. I had that vision. You know, we should be, you know, collaborating more with the industry and universities. And it's hard to. You've got to. You've got to get funding, and we've got to get you know money to help you. But we've got to try to 
to keep our deal going. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you've been a part of the Arkansas nutrition group too. uh, the, the, Nutrition Conference Group, who put on a great meeting. That's one of the, the big premier meetings in the U.S. now. So um, I know you put a lot of work into that as well. So It's a team effort. We have a great group of people on the committee, and then we've tried to hand it off to the younger people. But we still have a, you know, Tyson has a, and of course, I have a tremendous, you know, feelings about it because it, it means a lot. It's, it's a world-class meeting, as you say. It's, we have to keep that intensity up. It's not easy to get speakers, get worldwide speakers and um from anywhere and everywhere, we're just, it's just an honor to be on that committee. And if you get a chance, please attend it. It's coming up in August, the end of August this year. What are some of the big changes? And, and I guess I'll uh, follow that up with, you know, what are your day-to-day challenges now and where do you see things going from here? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, there's a lot of changes, a lot of genetics and improvement and growth rate fee conversion carcass yield. Uh, so genetics and nutrition kind of go together, but I'm give a lot of credit to the geneticists for improving the growth rate. Uh, struggles today, I'd say our livability and breeder performance sometimes get, you know, get, it's a challenge for us. Uh, just, you know, egg production, you know, got things. Uh, and, and, and of course, what drives us is feed conversion and carcass yield. Those are the big things. And feed cost plays a big role in that. If we can uh, optimize that uh, to get the best performance, get the best, uh, you know, meat conversion. And, and that's what we're all after. So the, the challenge now is it seems like we're having more diseases. Uh, of course, NAE is part of that, you know, no antibiotics ever uh, where we're, we can't use uh, any growth promoting antibiotics or uh, some coccidiosalinomycin, for example, or onophores. Uh, Menensin, Narison, uh, Salicet, those, if you can use those, it makes it a lot easier. So then they're not using human medicine. So the NAMI, uh, no antibiotics of human importance is a much easier way to go from gut health. And I guess gut health is supposed to be kind of what we're supposed to talk about a little bit about, you know, Coxie's still a part of that. So if you use vaccines or using these chemicals or if you're um, able to use onophores uh, or combinations, of the more options, the better. And it, it makes it simpler. We don't have as many uh, necrotic enteritis. Uh, but even with even with onophores and with all that, we still have issues um, these days of mortality. Uh, I don't know if it's just lameness, just general uh, intercaucus stuff getting into the birds. Also viral uh, challenges now. I mean, sometimes we get something that just tears the gut up. Uh, there's several of these viruses, real virus and other viruses like RSS type viruses that causes a bird to have uh, thin guts and watery guts and cause excretion, wet floors um, and toxins and things like that. And gosh, that's just a, just a big array of things. How can we, uh, help with all that maybe you know when you get all those viral things you get e coli you get enterococcus you get other things and and systemic and once it gets systemic we have a lot of just mortality and it can happen late which we have a lot of feet in them so it hurts our feet conversion if we go down with lameness really bad kinky back uh, femoral head necrosis bco type stuff yeah what um you know, in your time uh, that you've been working with Tyson, I mean, what are some of the changes? And I know you can't talk specifics about formulas and things, but, you know, some of the changes in ingredient profiles, uh, you know, nutrient density, kind of what have been some of the changes over the last 20, 30 years? 
Yeah, this seems like the energy, the requirement seems to be lower. We're formulating differently, more for amino acids these days for for enhancing carcass yield. And uh, so that tends to drive us a lot. So, but uh, it's still economics. You know, we can only put so much cost in. We got to get the, the performance back. We got to get weight gain feed conversion and carcass yield to pay for it. So we keep a close eye on that. You know, there's a lot of uh, benchmarking and things that measures us on that, how much we spend. Feed cost being, you know, 60, 65% gets a huge impact on anything we do on a cost per pound live at least. So I'd say that, you know, the birds, you know, energies maybe kind of come crept down or the way we're valuing ingredients. We use, we try to use a lot of alternate ingredients as much as we can, we can, we'll use bakery meal and DDGs, uh, Omni, all assortment of things, uh, you know, other alternate grains, wheat or whatever, if it prices in. So if we can handle it in the meal um, and more amino acids, probably trying to supplement was I didn't think about the threonines being widely used, some valine, maybe some isoleucine and arginine at times. So trying to balance the diet was certainly there's pressure on that in the environment, you know, excretion of nitrogen and cost. If we can, if we can, and gut health and overall performance, if we can use those alternate things and, uh, and get, get the performance that we need. Yeah, sure. I know uh, Tyson, you know, obviously has different protein divisions, beef and pork. And so you have a lot of uh, opportunities around feed ingredients and yes. animal proteins. And, yeah. you know, we see restrictions in, in the EU being lifted on animal proteins. Um, kind of, you know, is that something that you've generally used over the years? And, you know, how do you feel that fits into no uh, NAE yeah. type program? Yeah, if you have an NAE program with, a, uh, you know, uh, no animal protein or no animal fat. If ooh, you've double whammyed yourself there a little bit because we use a lot of our own poultry fat. We use a good bit of meat and bone meal, beef meat and bone meal. Uh, we can use swine uh, porcine meat and bone meal too. We do have uh, some companies that require us to do all veg diets, and the fat side is really hard too because you have to get um, soy oil or canola or corn oil or some other oil. Um, soap stocks are possible as well, but they usually cost a lot more and, um, I don't have anything against it. It's just the, the, the cost of it, I guess, uh, on the, on the oil side. Uh, that, that's a great question. Yeah. We're dealing with that too. Um, it has come down a little bit in the life. It seems the price has come down just recently, but it may go right back up. So, right. Yeah. Very good. So with, uh, you know, these changes of, of prioritizing gut health, uh, you know, changes in different dynamics and markets around ingredients we talk about, is there anything that you're doing now that, you, you, you know, you never thought you would be doing in your career as far as uh, the type of products or the type, you know, the ways that you're formulating or even the criteria that you're, you know, formulating around? Yeah, we've tried many feed additives for alternate for, you know, alternate things that helps gut health. You know, there's a whole list of these phytobotanicals, um, yeast cell wall products, uh, minerals, vitamins, uh, enzymes and combinations of and I haven't tannins and just on and on. Uh, I have nothing against those things uh, that we, we we've used some of those things. We still do in um, some short chain, middle chain fatty acids products uh, all have some benefit. It may help with gut health when we don't have any. Uh, we aren't allowed to use uh, antibiotics. Uh, 
feed grade antibiotics. So, yeah, we've tried the, lots of those and still do today. Uh, with onophores, it seems to be less of an issue. Uh, they they help us a lot with that. But still yet, we still have problems, and we try we try them for all kinds of things. Uh, so I'd say enterococcus has been the number one just thorn. But anything that messes up gut health, stress, hot weather, hot birds, and loose junctions, you get – you get those uh, bacteria across and where they shouldn't get in, the, they'll get in the bone and stuff and tissue and cause uh, quite a bit of mortality. To, and, and it's just frustrating because uh, you're picking up a bunch of big birds that were good a few days ago. And now they've, and there's nothing you can do about it much. It's, it's a grower relations and it's challenging animal welfare, challenging too for us. How do you deal with that? Right. Yep. And you mentioned heat stress. I mean, we obviously we have a lot better housing now. Um, yes. We also have, you know, genetics that, uh, you know, they, they have a high metabolism, high growth rate. They produce a lot of heat, too. I mean, do you think uh, managing heat stress is going to continue to be a big issue? Yes, yes. I mean, of course, these birds are putting out a lot of BTUs, and we, we need a lot of air movement. And in the hot summer, like we had this last year, was a, oh, it was a, it's a challenging thing to deal with uh, heat stress. And, of course, you know, you've tried arginine. you tried some things. Um, there's peppers and things. There's other things that might help with blood circulation, uh, aspirin type things like effects that help us deal with it. But yeah, it's, uh, that drives, it drives feed intake down. We need, we need good feed intake and good growth. When these birds get really big and we're deboning these big, big birds, it's, uh, this is a huge stress on the heats of stress, even in the, like we're in now, it's starting to cool off, but we still need uh, ventilation. And, of course, gas prices are high, so people tend to keep uh, the air quality, not only temperature, humidity. It's, it's, it's a multifaceted deal when you talk about heat stress. Yep, yep. Um, I'm confident that, uh, you know, we'll, the poultry industry is the way it is, it's got a great future. We're doing an honorable feed in the world, and there's couldn't ask for a better deal than that. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, you bet. No, thank you, Phil. I really enjoyed it and, and always happy to spend some time with you. And, and this is this is great information. And it's it's really neat to see, you know, we talk a lot of technical things, but, you know, talk with someone such as yourself who's in there every day, you know, dealing with the, the daily battles of these things. It's a very challenging and, and dynamic deal. So, so appreciate the insight there. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, thanks, everyone. If you ever have any uh, feedback or comments on additional guests you would like to see, um, uh, please send it in. Uh, if you want to follow the show, please make a point to subscribe. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you the next time. And thanks again to Dr. Phil Smith. Hey, everyone. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. And if you have a poultry nutrition related research trial and would like to come on the show and talk about it and share it with us, feel free to email the research link, uh, the paper where we can find it, or the abstract to hello at wisenetics.com. That's hello at wisenetics.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. Hey, everyone. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. And if you have a poultry nutrition-related research trial and would like to come on the show and talk about it and share it with us, feel free to email the research link, uh, the paper where we can find it, or the abstract to hello at wisenetics.com. That's hello at wisenetics.com. And I look forward to hearing from you.